Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. So today we're going to talk about, in our time together, about that. How that small things make a big difference. I want to take you right into the Bible. Because there's a playmaker here that, uh, that I want to share with you. And I don't even know her name, okay? And you won't know her name, but we're going to identify her just in a moment. But what she did was she became a playmaker. So let's look. Second Kings says this. Now Naaman was a commander of the armies, the king of Aaron. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aaron. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Okay, so get the picture here. I want you to watch this with me. There's a commander in the army who is a great commander, but he has a, a skin disease called leprosy. It's very contagious. It's basically where your flesh rots off of your bones. And so, so we see the picture here. This guy is a great commander, but he has leprosy. All right, so it goes on to say this. Now, bands from Aaron had gone out and taken captive a young girl. Would you circle those two words? You ready? Let's say those two words together. You ready? Young girl. Circle that. A young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his what? Leprosy. Okay. So today, I want to, from this story, this young girl becomes the playmaker. And again, we don't even know her name. It's not mentioned, but she's become the playmaker as we watch this. So... The, thing, the title that I have for you today is how that small things make a big difference. And today I want to talk to you how to do the small things that will make a big difference. And so there's four things I want to share with you. If, let me just ask this question before we go any further. How many of you say, I want, I want to make a difference with my life? Let me see your hand. Okay, okay, that is just about all of us. That's about 95%. The rest of you, God bless you, I don't know, you know. <laughs> but we all want to make a, you know, we want to make a difference when we're in this world. And so we want to learn out how. And so from this lady's story today, we're going to find out how to make a big difference with our life through the small things. And so the first thing I'd like for you to write down is this. Would you write this down? Be confident in your big God. Would you write that down? Be confident in your big God. Now... The reason I, I want you to write that down, and I paused, is because I want you to know that we have a big God. Amen? I said, we have a big God. Amen? Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I'm watching God at work in this storm. You know, it was supposed to be a direct hit on Florida, and now it seems like it just keeps inching over. And I'm just, a, I'm just saying, God, how are you going to put these winds out? You know, because I'm believing that he's protecting a lot of people. But we have a big God, and, and so when we get into the story here, we find out that this young lady who was basically a nobody 
how does she begin to think that, uh, you know, many times like we think is that we can't do a whole lot because we're powerless or we're too small. And she had a lot of reasons to think, of, think that way because this young lady basically, remember it says she was captured, so she was a slave. In other words, she was the lowest of the lowest in her society. Not only was she a slave, but also she was an outsider. She wasn't from Samaria. She was from uh, Israel, and so she was an outsider. And then also we see that she was very young. I mean, like, you know, people don't listen to young people, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, she was very young. And then the fourth thing that she had going against her was, is that she was, in a, she was a female in a very male-driven culture. And so there was no reason that she should even be listened to. She had no power, she had no possessions, and she had no position. And so many times, like you and I, she could only think, I'm sure the words that come to her mind, like they come to our mind, is that sometimes we see ourselves as very weak. Would you agree with that? When it comes to circumstances in our lives, when it comes to big problems and big things going on, many times we could say, you know, I'm just too weak for that. And this is the way that maybe she saw herself, but she had, had confidence that she had a big God. You know what? It's okay when we feel weak as long as we know that we got a big God, right? Look what the Bible says about our weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, it says this. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my what? Let's read the rest of it. My power is made perfect in... What's God's power made perfect in? In other words, when you get to a situation and you say, I can't do anything. God says, yay. I've been waiting for you to get there, right? And so for all of us type A people, that's very difficult, right? Because we keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And the whole time God's like, okay, when you just wear yourself out, then, then I'm going to do it. It's sort of like the, the guy that was, uh, there was a, a, a guy that was drowning and he was, uh, a kid was out drowning and, and a mother was on the bank and, and she was like hollering because she couldn't swim. She was screaming at the guy beside her to, hey, my, my child's drowning. Well, please help, please help. And the man just stood there and watched the child just fight the water, fight the water, fight the water until finally he quit fighting. And when he quit fighting, he took that last swing and went like this and was about to go down for the last time. The man jumps in the water, he goes out and he pulls the kid to shore, saves his life. And the mother is thankful and mad all at the same time. She's like, thank you for saving my son. Why did you go earlier? Why did you make me wait? He said, ma'am, as long as your son was trying to save himself, there's no way I could save him. And many times in our own life, that's the way it is, right? Is that we're frailing, frailing, frailing because we don't realize we've got a big God, amen? We've got a big God. We've got a big God. So let's go back into our story. 2 Kings uh, 5 and 3. It says this. Here we go. One day, and there's those two words again. Let's read them. You ready? The girl. Come on, let's read them again. You ready? The girl. Why don't you circle that again? There she is. We don't know who she is, but she's there. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my, my, I, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? He would heal him of his leprosy. The only thing that she had was her faith. Now, now why, did, why did she want him to be healed so bad? All I can think of is that here, this, this girl that's been captured, she's been taken out of her land, she's been brought there, she's been turned into a slave, but somehow she's working in Naaman's house, which is a 
the leader's name and the captain's name who has leprosy. She's working and she's watching him and this is what she's discovered is that this is the most loneliest man that's ever lived because he had leprosy, he was very contagious so therefore he couldn't even be around his family. They, they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't, couldn't even come around him because he would contaminate them. The only time that he could be around people was on the battlefield. That's right. Listen, he must have been a great, great warrior because anybody else would have been taken out and like they would have been put outside the city and not even be allowed to live there. He must have been a great warrior and the king had favor on him. But the servant girl, she saw how lonely he was. And that, that is why she said, there must be something that can happen. And that's why she began to pray or begin to say, you know, there's a God in Israel. So we have great, we have a great God and there's nothing that our God cannot do, right? You believe that? There's nothing that our God cannot do. And so here's the question. Do you live like there's nothing that your God cannot do? What's going on in your life right now that you're trying to do that you can't do and you're going crazy because you can't do it? Today, would you raise the banner of faith and say, God, I know that you can do this. And I'm going to trust you to do what needs to be done. Oh, here, did you hear that? God, I'm going to trust you to do what needs to be done, not what I think needs to be done. Now, we don't want to pray like that, do we? Heck no, we don't want to pray like that. God, here's what needs to be done. Now, Lord, do this and you do it and it'll be all right. No, 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 no. God, you do what needs to be done. So, so the second thing I'd like to share with you is this. Number two is, if we want to make a big difference, where we want to do the small things that, that lead to a big difference, is be credible. Be credible. Would you write that down? Be credible. Now I want you to hear what I'm about to say when you write that down. So you can just look at me whenever you get finished writing. I want you to know that people in our culture today are not looking for incredible people. They're not looking for superstars. They're not looking for Superman and Wonder Woman. The people in our culture today are just looking for credible people. Did you hear that? Not incredible people, but credible people. And that's exactly what this young lady was, is she was credible. Now, here's the question. How did she gain access to even speak to Naaman's wife? Because you've got, you got to remember, listen, they had the fanfare. Naaman was very famous. I mean, if you went to the who's who list, you would find that Naaman's name would be there because he was this great, valiant soldier. He would be like, you know, a professional football player, how popular they are. He would be that guy. And here he is. How does she even get a conversation with his wife? That's the question. You know, it would be sort of like they're, they're like the Kardashians of his day. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, you know, everywhere they go, they're out snapping pictures of them. They had that fanfare. But I'll tell you what I feel like happened with her is that we find in this next verse, look what it says. Backing up to verse 2, it says this. Now a band of, from Aaron when it had gone out and had ca taken captive a what? There it is again, circle it again. Young girl, we don't know her name. Young girl from Israel, and let's read what's underlined. You ready? She served Naaman's wife. You know why she's noticed? It's because she served with excellence. She served with excellence. Even though that she was a slave and she was forced to do what she had to do, she went, and if, 
is she moved from unknown to just being that slave girl to being known as a person that would be reliable. If you want to, you know, here's the deal. If you want to go up in any relationship, you begin to serve with excellence. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Her works went before her word. You see what, in other words, what her actions went before what she said. Her, her, you know, her walk went before her talk. And I want to tell you, if you want to go up in excellence, if you want to get people's attention, if you want to move from unknown to known in any situation, is that it's not who you know, it's who you serve. Some of you look at me like, I don't believe that. Okay, would you agree with me that Jesus Christ is probably the most famous name in the whole world? Would you agree with that? Would you agree when we're gathered here today because of Jesus Christ? Okay, why do, why do we serve him? Because what did he say? He said, I come not to be served, but to? To serve, that's right. When he's dying on the cross, would you say that he's serving, our, serving us? And so his whole life was about serving. It wasn't about, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get even with you. No, he was the one that said, hey, we're going to serve through loving. And listen, if you want to go from unknown to known, is then, baby, it's not about making your connections. It's about getting a new direction and learning how to serve people. In your neighborhood, you're like, I don't know my neighbors. Well, I'll tell you what, start serving them. Do something. Pick the trash up out of their yard when you're walking by. Okay, never mind. I'm getting on a sore subject. I can just see looks going on. Their dog poops in my yard, and I don't like them. I see that coming right now. Look on the screen with me. Look what it says. Come on, let's read this together. This is one that you won't ever forget. Here it is. Ready? Let's read it. Ready? People forget what I say to them, but they will always remember what I do for them. You agree with that? People say all kinds of stuff to you. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and it just goes out, you know, we think we're, we're glad in the moment. But it's what they do that you remember forever, right? And so moving from, from an unknown to known is through serving. How do you get promoted on your job? Well, they ain't saying, well, you know what? My 40s hour is over. I'm out of here. If you have that attitude, my friend, you will be right where you are the rest of your life. Jesus taught us it's the extra mile principle, Right? And so it's going above and beyond what is asked of you. That's what serving is. Listen, if you do everything that you're just paid for, then guess what? You're not serving anybody. You're doing what you're paid for. It's when you go above and beyond that, that actually you begin to serve and people take notice. My father taught me that a long time ago. He said, son, whenever you get a job, when you, whenever you, uh, when the work is done and there's still time left on that clock, you go grab a broom. And you sweep. And I met with the, the executives of Shane's Rib Shack, and I, I went through their training, and, and one of their statements is, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> That's what they teach those young ladies. That, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. And so it's going above and beyond that. Okay, so look what Jesus said about this. And Mark 10, because it's not my words, I want you to take Jesus. He says, but Jesus calls disciples together and said, you know that those foreigners who call themselves kings, like to order people around. You ever know anybody like that? Their little title goes to their head. You know, they're your buddy until they get a new title, right? They don't even get no more money, they just get a new title. They're king, you know. Okay, never mind. <laughs> as their great leaders, he goes on, as their great leaders have full, uh, full power 
over the people they rule. Now let's read these next five words together. You ready? Come on, out loud. You ready? Let's read them. But don't act like them. Hear Jesus saying that? Okay, it's not trying to be the person that I got the power. If you got to tell everybody got the, you got the power, you don't have the power. Okay, that's another good thought right there, isn't it? Okay, so Jesus goes on and says, if you want to be great, you must be the what? Of all others, servant of all others. He said that's the way you move from known to unknown. Okay, number three, let's write this down. The third thing I would say is speak to people's needs. Speak to people's needs. We go back into our story. Remember this young lady, here she is. Look what it says here. So Naaman now, his wife tells him what this young girl says, and he begins to act on it. So he goes and approaches the king. Look what happens. It says, so Naaman told the king what the who? There she is again. I don't know who she is. We get to heaven, we're going to meet the young girl. I don't know who she is. But she's a star right now. She's a playmaker. So the young girl from Israel has said. Now here's the question. What does she say? What, what does she say? What does she say? She said, hey, listen, I want you to know that you can be healed. You can be healed. You can, you, if you go to Israel and you talk to the prophet there, he can heal you. So what she did was this, is that she lent him her faith. Naaman, now listen, this guy, the who's who of his day, he'd done been to all the doctors that they had there. He'd, done to, he'd been to every god that they had. He'd worshipped at every altar in his country. He'd done everything that he could to be cured of this disease. And there was nothing there. And so he had lost hope. And she gave him her hope. She said, you can be healed. Sometimes we need to lend people our faith. Amen? Sometimes I need to borrow somebody else's, don't you? I mean, when they, listen, when it seems like one thing after another after another is coming your way, it can sort of beat, the life, beat your faith out of you almost. I mean, it's like, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm just hanging on here. And somebody comes along and says, listen, I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, our God is so big. And reminds you of that fact. Listen, I thank God for all the people in my life. And the times when I need it, lent me their faith. And there's some times that we just have to do that. So, how does she know what his need was? Is that she heard it around the, she heard it. And so here's the question for you. If we're going to actually speak to the people's needs, and here's something I'd like for you to think about. How do you know what people's needs are? Well, one of the greatest ways that you know what people's needs are, that you can speak to them, is that you listen. If you're doing all the talking, you're never going to know what's going on around you in people's lives. And so here's another thing. Here's a question I've learned to ask. The question I've learned to ask is this. If you want to know people's needs, no matter who they are, you ask this question. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? It is amazing that, that, that you know, this week I was, uh, there's a, a, a man that I've been, uh, I, I've known a long time. And uh, we've been, you know, distant friends for a while. But God had put him on my heart. And uh, so he had a birthday come up. And I saw it flashed up on my Facebook things. I wished him a happy birthday. And he sent, 
sent me, you know, instead of like that or whatever, he sent me a statement back. You know, when somebody sends you a statement back over happy birthday, they want to talk to you, you know? Like, uh, thank you so much. That meant so much to me or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, so I, I, a couple of days later, I continued to pray for this man. And I said, I texted him and, and I said, listen, uh, how can I pray for you? And here's a person that we would not call a very spiritual person. Sent me a text back, uh, I mean, just a long text back about specific things that I could pray for him about. And so I did pray for that and let him know that I did. And then a couple days later, I continued to pray about it. I texted him back, and I think it was another week, I texted him back and said, hey, I want you to know I prayed for this and this. And he texted me back and said, Jeff, thank you so much. It's so good to hear from you. What he doesn't know is that he's about to come to know Jesus Christ. You, know what I'm you see how the Lord's begin to open up that door? And so here's what, here's what I want to tell you. We have, a, we have a method in SEC to help you be in a position where you can ask that question, how can I pray for you? And then you can have other people ask you that question. I love it when people ask me that question. How can I pray for you? I'm like, sit down. <laughs> right? So you got your pen and your paper. This is going to take a while right here, right? And so uh, I love that. And we call them connect groups. Uh, our groups are here at SEC. We call them that. You know why? We have, there's inside of your program right there, there's over 30 in your groups now. I think there's like 32 or 33 groups now there. Listen, why do we have these groups? Because in your groups, you find freedom. It's, where, it's there where you, listen, when you get in a group, you find people that are going through the same stuff that you're going through or have already been through the stuff that you're going through. See what I'm talking about? So, listen, if you're struggling financially, you should sign up for our financial peace group. Why? So you won't have to struggle anymore, or you just need some help there. You need to go through with people that are going through it, or have already been through it, and can say, tell me how to do it. Matter of fact, we have singles groups here. We have a businessman group that's going on. We have all kinds of groups. Matter of fact, we have one group that's just called the Freedom Group. <laughs> so we got it, uh, we got it, we're like Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, baby. We got them all. And so we want to challenge you. Why? Why do we do this? Because, listen, I can motivate you to want to get better. I can encourage you and make you want to take that step, but I can't help you. I can't go any further than that with you personally, but I want to put you with a group of people that can. And every one of us need freedom in our lives, and we need to get better. So I want to challenge you. Look at that sheet, and then on the back of that, uh, your connection card, what I want you to do is I want you to actually just write in the group that you want to be a part of before we leave today. Just write on that card. Okay. All right, number four. Let me give you the last one. Now, we're talking about doing the small things that make a big difference. And we all said we wanted to make a difference, right? So we have to be playmakers in the small way. So number four, look what it says. Don't be afraid to do something even if it seems small. Don't be afraid to do something, even if it seems small. It's the small things that make the biggest difference at times. Now, let's, now let me tell you, we're about to jump back in our story. Now, i got to bring you up to speed. Here we go. Remember naming the, the captain, the, the soldier, the valiant soldier that King loved? I mean, and he's got leprosy. Remember the, the girl, the girl, okay, the girl. We don't know who she is, the girl has told his wife, if you just go to Israel and he just see the prophet there, he can get better. 
So guess what Naaman does? Naaman goes to the king, he tells what the girl has said, and the king said, his king said, yes, I'll write a letter to the king of Israel, you go. And he goes on his way, and he goes over there, and he goes to meet the king. king said, hey, listen, I'm not the man you're looking for. He's up there, and he sends it to a prophet by the name of Elijah's house. And he goes right there, he's standing in front of the prophet's house, he's excited, he has faith, he has hope, and look what happens here. Here it is. Verse number 10, it says this, but Elisha sent a messenger out to him with the message. Okay, now, Elisha didn't come out himself. Now, again, here's who's who, okay? Naming somebody. He's used to people bowing down to him, breaking their neck to get out to him. And this guy sends a messenger out. Sent a messenger out. He said this, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Okay, that's pretty simple, right? Guess what? Naaman got ticked off. He's like, aren't all the waters in, in our country, Damascus, Syria, aren't all of those waters better than any of these waters here? Aren't they better? How dare this jerk do me this way? Why, he won't even come out and look at me. Come out of your house, you idiot. Okay, you don't read the Bible like I do. I'm sorry. I just fill in all the blanks, you know. Come out, come out, come out, come out here. Come here, talk to me now. You're just going to tell me to go get in the water, take a bath. Man, you crazy. I mean, he is freaking out. So how do I know he's freaking out? Because the next passage is going to tell us he was freaking out. Look what happens here. Look what it says. But his officers tried to reason with him. Why are they reasoning with him? Because he's freaking out. Don't you? When you see someone freaking out, what do you try to do? You try to say, hey, whoa, 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 calm down. Whoa, whoa, easy. Whoa. Right? He's freaking out. But his officer tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had not told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Let me ask you a question. God asked you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you do it? He's asked you to do something little. Look what happens. Here we go. Look what's underlined. Let's read it together. You ready? So you should certainly obey him when he says... Would you just circle that word simply, simply, simply? God is in the simple stuff. He's asking you to do the simple stuff. See, if he asks you to do the big stuff, you can give an excuse. But when he asks you to do the simple stuff, there's no excuse. He's going to told Nate, hey, you go climb that big tall tree up there. You go do this. Something's impossible. Oh, I can't do that. No, no, no. Simply, simply, simply. Look, he said, simply go and wash and be what? Be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times. As the man of God instructed him, as his, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was what? Now notice this next statement. Naaman said, Now, now I know that there is no what? There is no God in all the where? Except in? In Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. It is amazing. It's the little things, the simple things that God wants us to do. I've experienced this in my life lately in a new way. You know, Rhonda and I have moved and many of you have been to our home and there's a man across the street that I have, uh, you know, just tried to be friends with. I've, I've, matter of fact, 
I've walked across the street many times. And just to say hello. Just to, matter of fact, they like to, they're those kind of sit on the porch kind of people. You know what I'm saying? And so I've walked across the street several times and, and sat down on the porch. And men have a lot of interesting stories. But about two weeks ago, I told Rhonda, I said, well, I'm going to go over here and and I called my neighbor's name and I said, I'm just going to go over here and I'm just going to go sit down and talk with him for a little while. So I go sit down and he's on his front porch and his father-in-law is on the front porch and we talk probably for 45 minutes. Just, you know, I'm just listening to them talk. And as we talk, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay. I said, I looked at my watch and said, fellas, I got to get back across the street. I think it was about 8.45. I'm like, listen, I go to bed real early, so I got to get across the street. 10 o'clock, I'll be snoozing. As a matter of fact, if y'all hear something, it's probably me snoring. So um, as I did that, the guy's name is Bill. He said, uh, he told his father, I said, I want to I wanna go. I want to talk to Jeff, if you don't mind. So he walks with me like we're starting to walk. It's dark now. We're walking. We're in his driveway. And he said, um, I want to know about God. I want to be saved. And right there, he began to ask me questions of how do you know God? And, and right there, we begin to, he asked me about a lot of stuff. And I said, you know what, Bill? All you have to do is ask him into your life. And right there in his driveway, this this." Strong type A man, big tears rolled down his face. We held hands, and you know, that's not, you don't hold a man's hand until you know a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, uh-uh, no, you know, hey, how, you doing all right? No, held hands. And we prayed right there. I, I led him in the sinner's prayer right there. And you know what? The moment that we said that prayer, it was a still night, but a breeze just blew. And Bill said, did you feel that too? I said, I did. I said, Bill, that's God's way of just telling you tonight that I've come into your life. Right there, those big tears rolling down his face, he said, Jeff, I want to be baptized too. And so at the end of October, I'm going to get the privilege of baptizing my neighbor. Now, you may be saying, well, you know what? You're a preacher and you're a pastor. You're supposed to do that. No, let me tell you something. It's probably been about seven years since I actually personally led someone to Christ. But if, Bill were, if you were to go to my house, you would see a list in my journal that over six months ago, I started writing down people's names and praying for them. And I said, God, would you save them? And Bill and Mary's name was written down. You see, it wasn't what I'd done. It was what God done. It was because I had been praying that God already, and I began building a relationship, and God's timing was there. You see, we're asking you. That's why we're doing this on October, October the 7th, or 1st, actually. October the 1st, we're having friend day, and I'm asking you on the back of your card, will you invite someone to come to church with you? What I would like to do is partner with you to see your friends come to Jesus. Here's a question I have for you. Will you walk across the street? It's a simple thing. God's asking, 
Will you listen? Will you walk across your campus? Will you walk across your lunchroom? Will you walk across? Will you walk across your hallway? Will you walk across your yard? You know, will you walk across your office? Will you walk across your shop? Will you just walk across the street? Because God's got something, somebody's life's in the balance. He's just asking you and he's asking me just to walk across the street. If you just walk across the street, if you just walk across the room, then God's going to show up and he'll do all the rest. You just be ready. Amen. So we have for you these little cards right here. It says, who you I want you to pass those out to your friends and watch what happened I got some people at the gym you know I go to the gym and work out I know don't judge me I know you can't tell but I'm over there struggling why because I'm looking who's around me I asked God I said God I need some people in my life to lead to you and I got a couple I got a there's this couple there that I've been praying with they're on the list and I guarantee you Monday morning He's going to get a car. And I'm counting on you to help me lead them to Jesus on October the 1st. You say, how can we help you, Pastor? Because you're good people, that's why. People come to this church, they don't talk about the great sermons or the great music. They talk about the great people. So I need you. <laughs> I, need, I need you because you love people. You shake their hands. You smile at them. You say, hey, how y'all doing? All right. They like that. So I'm bringing them to you. I want you to help me. Now today, let me say this one more thing before we close. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today's your day. The wind's blowing. And I want to lead you in this prayer. It's the prayer to become a Christ follower. By the way, let me say this again. You say, Pastor Jeff, how, what if that happened to me? If somebody wanted me to lead them to Christ, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, here's that prayer inside of your program. Take this baby home, cut that out, and put it in your wallet. And somebody, you put that in your wallet. Somebody says, I want to know Jesus. Said, hold on just one second. I got what you need right here. Hold on, hold on. You pull that prayer out and say, pray this after me. Right? I mean, listen, if, if God, well, I'm setting you up to win people to Jesus. And if you're ready, he's going to send them your way. They can be very interesting too. You do not know Jesus today is the day that you've crossed that line. I'd like for everyone to pray this prayer with me right after me. And then if, if it's you and you don't have Christ in your life, you make this personal to you. And God will save you today. Would you read everybody? Let's bow our heads and everybody repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody. Dear Lord Jesus. I need you to be in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, Lord. Help me to do your will. Help me to follow you. God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. In Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.